Welcome to Notes from the Electronic Cottage. I'm Jim Campbell. Every now and again, we look back through the Electronic Cottage archives to see whether episodes broadcast a while ago are still relevant in our fast-changing tech world today. Some, of course, are no longer relevant, and some seem like they could have been written this week. Here is one of those, first broadcast in January of 2017, that may be even more relevant today than it was back then. See what you think. Welcome to Notes from the Electronic Cottage. I'm Jim Campbell. 2016 saw over a half a million books published in this country. Of those many, many books, only a tiny fraction are relevant to our digital lives. One of those that came out in 2016 definitely is. It's entitled, Weapons of Math Destruction, How Big Data Increases Inequality and Threatens Democracy. The author is mathematician Kathy O'Neill. Weapons of math destruction is, of course, meant to parallel the term weapons of mass destruction, or WMD. The book is written in very understandable English and requires no math background to read. Its focus is on the mostly invisible ways that algorithms affect our daily lives without us usually being aware of them. An algorithm, according to Wikipedia, is, quote, a self-contained step-by-step set of operations to be performed. Algorithms perform calculation, data processing, and or automated reasoning tasks, end quote. We use algorithms every time we use a search engine, among many other daily examples. Google built its entire empire on its PageRank algorithm, for example, and the way that that algorithm works is as big a secret as the formula for Coca-Cola. That is precisely one of the problems with algorithms. How they work is, in many cases, oblique and therefore not accessible to the people that the algorithms actually affect. And in this age of machine learning and artificial intelligence, once machine learning algorithms are set in motion, they often learn and change the way that they operate so that even the programmers who develop those algorithms no longer know exactly how they work. As Kathy O'Neill argues, the increasing use of algorithms processing vast amounts of data can and does increase inequality and threatens democracy. But how? Well, have you applied for a job lately, especially one at a large or a mid-sized company? Who do you think is reading your resume? If you think it's someone in the human resources department, think again. A human being may wind up seeing your resume eventually, but there's only about a one out of four chance that that will happen. In fact, O'Neill points out, 72% of submitted resumes are never seen by human eyes. Huh? That's right. Machines using algorithms that are supposedly sorting weak resumes out of consideration go through those submissions first and only show the HR folks as many resumes as the HR department asks to see. On the one hand, that might seem like a good idea. After all, a machine will supposedly not have the prejudices that a human may have. In fact, in the early days of machine resume reading and sorting, that was one of the motivations. The other, of course, is economic. 
The idea was to eliminate prejudice against minorities or women. If such applicants had a strong resume, the reasoning went, the machine algorithm would put them on top of the pile just like anyone else. Except that algorithms are created, at least initially, by people. And people tend to build their own assumptions, and hence their own prejudices, into the algorithms that they build. Or as Kathy O'Neill puts it, an algorithm is, quote, an opinion formalized by code, end quote. When the code that makes up an algorithm is hidden, there's no way to tell exactly what its assumptions are or how it works. Algorithms have an enormous impact on our daily lives. Applying for a job is just one example. Another is credit reporting. Most of us are probably aware that lenders are accessing something called our credit rating whenever we've applied for a car loan or a new credit card or a mortgage or some other kind of loan. That credit score is simply the output of an algorithm, and it's a big part of whether we get the mortgage or how much interest we pay on a credit card. But how is our credit rating determined? Well, that's a long story that goes back to a couple of fellows named Bill Fair and Earl Isaac, who founded what was called Fair Isaac and Company, or FICO for short, back in 1956. And it was shortly thereafter that the FICO rating was born. Isaac was a mathematician and Fair an engineer. Their idea was that if you looked at how people had paid their bills in the past, and how much they owed now, and how much they owned, and a bunch of other stuff, you could predict how likely they would be to pay off a mortgage or car loan or whatever, and to do so on time. And the ideas of Fair and Isaac more or less works, most of the time. One reason it works is because it's largely transparent, thanks in part to the Federal Fair Credit Reporting Act of 1970. That act makes it a requirement that if a person is turned down for a loan or other credit, that person has a right to see the information that appears on their credit report so they can ensure that it's accurate and try to get any mistakes corrected. The act doesn't make it mandatory to see exactly how the FICO algorithm works, but the FICO website explains in principle how the rating score is calculated and even suggests ways that can help to improve a credit score. Transparency like this is one of the characteristics that O'Neill describes as critical to consider as algorithms are being built. The other two characteristics are scale and damage, and she suggests that those who design algorithms, especially algorithms that affect people's lives every day, carefully evaluate the impact of their algorithms using those three characteristics. We've mentioned the example of machines scouring resumes and dumping three-quarters of them out before a human ever lays eyes on the pile. That can also happen with college admission applications, or applications for insurance, or a host of other areas that affect us every day in a big way. But most of the algorithms doing those tasks don't fall under the Fair Credit Reporting Act, and so most of us have no idea how they work or what they're based on. Kathy O'Neill thinks that's a big problem, and so do we. So we'll look further into the subject right here on future editions of Notes from the Electronic Cottage. Music